so today we're gonna we're gonna as i already said look into who killed the lockdown who killed this idea of a a effort to suppress spread um how how did it disappear where did it go and who are these experts who are claiming lockdowns are a failure right because i think these are the three questions that need to be asked but are unfortunately not being asked whenever you see someone arguing for anti-lockdown measures right and for example like uh you know as as we were saying as this might be you know this may may seem like a controversial take or something like that i mean i think we're going to call it like the case for lockdowns um but really what we have to the, the way that we have to go through this is what is the case against the case against lockdowns right, right? like what is that <laughs> like, what is it actually what are they actually arguing for yeah because it's been it's sort of translated from the well we might need to do a lockdown because things are getting so bad to experts agree that lockdowns are harmful and Mm -hmm. you know experts agree that lockdowns are a failure and we're at this point right now where we have up to four thousand people a day dying we're on track to exceed uh the worst modeling expectations of these anti-lockdown um, researchers and talking heads, and we're kind of running out of options. We're in desperate need right now. Also, if you think about the amount of delayed reporting there is of deaths, mm-hmm. if you think about the amount of, it, for instance, there's been a lot of talk about uh, looking at excess mortality um, over over the course of the last year, the amount of people who, who are dying, whether they're listed as a COVID death or not, relative to how many people kind of typically die in a year is um a lot higher and a lot of those are being there's so basically there's a good there's a good chance that like the the mortality data that we have in the first place is already undercounting so mm-hmm. even you know if you see like 3900 deaths in a day 3500 3100 there's still a good chance it's like over 4000 right. that oh, day sure. you know what i mean and this is also so, i guess the one reason to do this is not just sort of like retread on the past and figure out what you know who who done it in this sort of Columbo way, but like, but I, I guess the the thing that like fascinates me about this, and I think the reason it's like worth trying to pick up on what what happened here is that like this is a social process that like will that you know continues that you have experts out there that have um, you know uh, projections uh, simulations of the future. And those simulations end up being the the sort of grist for what uh, people actually who actually like have authority uh, can do in the present. And it's what's what's really interesting about it is it's not as if this is like the only or the sort of sole consensus uh, opinion. Like it was a a chaos of opinions, I think, from experts like at the beginning. And this is the one that ultimately got. This sort of like one out and it has basically I mean, it's hard to look back on this and say this this kind of thinking hasn't de- absolutely defined and like locked in the world that we're like currently in. So I, I don't know. It's I, I feel like it's worth being like on guard for this to in the future. And I think importantly, too, if you've been if you've maybe been thinking to yourself, as I know I have, um, you know, well, we were when, for example, in just in like just the state of New York, for example, there was a when there was the first shelter in place order, uh, things were not as bad uh, sort of nationally and in generally and in general as they are 
now in the outside it was mostly like and and yes it was uh maybe more more novel and a lot of people have argued like we've you know we've learned more we have more uh like tools or whatever which we can uh get into but I, I keep wondering to myself, well, if, you know, if you look at even the curve, like look at the national curve, for example, um, and you have this like big spike in like March, April and things. And then there were some shelter in place orders. And the, the, the importantly, the outbreak wasn't as like widespread throughout the nation at that point, but still. Um, and then after the shelter in place orders, like cases did go down a bit. Um, and now we're back up to, you know, f- you know, setting new records every day, every couple of days uh, territory. Mm-hmm. We're just you striving know. for excellence and no in one, death and despair. Already. No public health experts, really, <laughs> who are influential, right, uh, are, are like, you know, up there really advocating for lockdowns. This is not, as we said, this is not in the in the uh, realm of possibility. And the question becomes, you know, I thought I thought, for example, what, what you know, what I'm thinking looking at this is like. You know, I remember uh, when when the the premise of quote unquote reopening the economy was happening, right? Everyone mm-hmm. started talking about reopening the economy, knowing like, well, you know, we're going to do this, and then we put these triggers in place or whatever <laughs> to close it back down again, or maybe we have to go back into shelter in place in the future. That maybe we have to is pretty much gone in American public discourse mm-hmm. right now. I think, and I think the question is like that just begs how many deaths can elites absorb right i mean like how how many fucking deaths a day are too many uh, or how many total deaths are enough for this to even re-enter the public conversation and i'm really worried that the answer is that there isn't a ceiling that there is no number right? well yeah, yeah i i just read this i read this paper uh by this guy who who actually like did this survey of um like state legislators like Basically looking at elasticity in their attitudes towards the price of a human life (laughs) and basically found that like any sort of floor that you might think exists doesn't Mm -hmm. like there it's it's uh, it's far below any like standard that like economists use in government to like price uh, lives like uh, state legislators. Basically, human life is is close to worthless uh, in the way that they think about public policy. State legislators are terrible, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, apparently. <laughs> just to, to really drive that home, I want to point out that like all the stuff that um, that you guys were just saying about this, about what the assumptions are, mm-hmm. um, I think that can be elegantly explained by stating essentially that I think what people are worried about when you talk about a lockdown is that survival will become contingent on your personal responsibility, right? The yes. survival mm-hmm. becomes up to you and you're basically left alone. What I think we will argue and show in the following conversation is that the arguments brought forward against the idea of doing a lockdown or doing any sort of, uh, you know, broad-based support, paying people to to stay home is in fact like the, the bases of the arguments used against the lockdown actually are fundamentally hinged on the idea that it is your personal responsibility to survive the pandemic, (laughs) that it is up to you. Hello, this is Daniel Beatrice's screen reader program. Support us at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod to hear the full episode and get access to patron-only content. With love, 
The Death Panel.